story that we all, I'm sure, are familiar with. Verses 46 through 52. Thanks to God, this is the word of the Lord. This is our sermon for this morning, so please give it your full attention. Then they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples, a large crowd, a blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting by the road. When he heard that it was Jesus the Nazarene, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many were sternly telling him to be quiet, and he kept crying out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, Call him here. So they called the blind man, saying to him, Take courage, stand up, he is calling for you. Throwing aside his cloak, he jumped up and came to Jesus. And answering him, Jesus said, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Teacher, I want to regain my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go, your faith has made you well. Immediately, he regained his sight and began following him on the road. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. You may be seated, saints. There are stories in the Bible that sort of take on a life of their own. There's some stories in the Bible that when you read them, no matter if you've read them more than a hundred times, they still do something to you. Uh, You can think of the woman with the issue of blood. Uh, You can think of the woman at the well in John 4. You can think of that woman who was shedding tears. So much tears that she had to dry them with her hair at Christ's feet. And you can think of Mark 10, verses 46 through 52. The healing of Bartimaeus. As a child, I can remember this story very well. Not because I used to read the Bible, but because one of my favorite Christian artists, sang a song, and I won't give you the lyrics, I won't even tell you his name, if you want to after, here's some good music, I'll let you know after, but the title of the song was this, Don't Pass Me By, Jesus Don't Pass Me By. Why is this story so impactful for us, and why are songs made? based off this one story. Why, saints, out of all the sermons I could have preached today and all the verses in the Bible I could have preached from, why this story? Because there's two reasons, church. Number one, the healing of this blind man is really the gospel in a microcosm. The healing of this blind man is just really a story of the gospel. But also, let's get a little bit more personal. The healing of this blind man is really the healing of ourselves. You see, you won't appreciate this story without putting yourself in this story. I know we aren't to do that. 
But saints of God, you're Bartimaeus in this story. You, saints of God, may never have been physically blind, physically broke, physically sitting on the road, physically begging. But oh, you were all those things spiritually, were you not? This morning, saints of God, in this blind man, I want you to see something of yourself. I want you to see yourself in Bartimaeus. And, and it's not just for you. But I'm also, I'm also a participant as well. Because this is my story. Saints of God, as I was preparing for this sermon, something that I knew became ever more apparent to me. And that is, although God desires us to advance in our doctrine, he also, and please hear me now, doesn't want us to get spiritual amnesia while in the process. Although God wants us to learn more, we also aren't to forget the things that we already know while in the process of learning more. In other words, saints, the word of God frequently it reminds us of what we used to be, only then to highlight what Christ has done. St. Paul says in Ephesians, for you once, darkness, but now you are in the light of the Lord. Walk as children of light. I can go on and on where the Bible is frequently asking, or rather reminding us of who we used to be, and then encouraging us with who we are now. The Bible's doing it all the time. And church, while I was studying, I, I asked myself the question of, but why, God, do you continue to do this? Why, Lord, are you frequently reminding us of our salvation in Jesus Christ? Why do I have to keep going back to the ABCs of Christianity? Why do I get, got to keep knowing about who I used to be and then who I am now in the Lord? Well, saints of God, maybe because the Lord knows that we are a what have you done for me lately type of people. Maybe the Lord knows that that at times you and I can be like the children of Israel. Who who were led by God out of Egypt only to quickly forget that they were led by God out of Egypt. Oh, church, you can be this way. Because I can be this way. I can't tell you how many times I was on my knees. And the words of David in Psalm 51 were in my mouth. Lord, restore to me the joy of my salvation. You see, saints of God, the Christian faith is not merely you to know God, but to live happily in God. Saints of God, you got joy this morning. I'm talking about you got real joy this morning. No matter what you've been through, no matter what's coming in the future, do you possess, can you say right now, that you have joy in the Lord. 
Or do you need some restoring? Do you need some reminding? Do you need some strengthening? This is why I love stories like Mark chapter 10, verse 46 through 52. Because sometimes, church, we don't need to learn new stuff in theology. Because sometimes we need to be reminded, we need to be restored, and we need to be strengthened in the theology that we already know. And sometimes the congregation shouldn't come in corporate worship expecting to learn new doctrines. Uh, but as Pastor Antonio has said time and time again, but sometimes the congregation should long for the preacher to tell them once again that your sins are great, but you have an ever greater Savior, Jesus Christ. That we need to be reminded and strengthened in what we know in Christ and his person and his work. This saints is why I don't like talking politics much. You talk politics, that's fine. Do your thing. But I don't like talking politics much because, because we can get so caught up in this candidate and that candidate. And what this man promises and what that man promises that we can quickly forget who really brought us out of Egypt. We can quickly forget who really is our deliverer. It is the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember that it wasn't a politician who led God's people out of Egypt. It was a prophet. It was a prophet that brought peace. Not a politician. It was not a man who had a political agenda that came to save mankind, but rather it was a preacher. It was a preacher of God's word that came and saved man from their sins. Saints of God, this story is meant to teach us two things. Number one, how sinful we are. And number two, how great of a healer Jesus Christ is. My aim this morning, saints of God, is if you need some joy in your life, if you need to be reminded of the joy that you have in Christ, if you need to be strengthened, then this sermon's for you, as this sermon was for me. Our text opened up with our Lord leaving Jericho with his disciples and a large crowd. Immediately, we're introduced to this man named Bartimaeus. And there's two things that characterize Bartimaeus. Two things that I would never like to be associated with. Number one, he's broke. And number two, he's blind. You see, it's, it's one thing to be broke. It's a whole nother situation to be blind. He has, as what I used to hear as a child, Double for his trouble. There are two bad things going on with him. Not only is this man homeless, he's also helpless. In fact, in these days, see, they, they, people thought that those who were blind were actually under the curse of God. People didn't want anything to do with him. So here we have Bartimaeus' congregation. Blind, broke, begging, 
and helpless. While sitting on the side of the road. But, but saints of God, we can hear all these things that characterize Bartimaeus. And we can feel pity for this man, can we not? We can shake our head and say, oh, look at this dear poor man. But church, while you sit there, while you sit there with your clothes nicely ironed, and while you sit there wearing your best perfume or cologne, while you sit there, some of you, hoping that I get done fast, while you sit there with your car parked outside, while you sit there with money in your pockets, with your favorite beverage on the floor right next to you, while your vision, although you need glasses, is doing just fine, while you sit there looking as good as you look, could you ask Bartimaeus a question? Could you ask Bartimaeus a question? And could you ask Bartimaeus, Bartimaeus, is there any room for me on the side of the road? Is there any room for me to sit next to you? Could you scoot over a little bit because, because I too was once blind and broke. Because I once too was desperately in need of healing. Am I lying, church? Were you not at one time desperate for some help? Blind to the goodness of God each and every time you would wake up? Were you not blind to the patience and long-suffering of God all those times you heard of the gospel and you turned away. Were you not blind to the mercy of God? Every time you were in a bad situation that you shouldn't have survived from, but you did. Blind to the love of God. Blind to all things God. And to be honest, church, I felt that. Or rather, I, I felt what I used to feel. Being blind last Sunday. Many of you know I, weren't, I wasn't here. I went to Disneyland for two days in L.A. for one day. Don't ever do that if you have kids. It was something else. I woke up that Sunday morning. I said, let's just get back. Grabbed a quick bite to eat. And oh, oh, saints of God, I couldn't help but notice all the blindness around me. I could not help but notice and see myself and all the people who were around me. While, while, I, was, while I was eating, I, I, I couldn't help but see people using God's money. Money that God gave them to pay for food that God has provided for them. I couldn't help but, but, but see people breathing God's air. That he has given to him. I couldn't help but see people enjoying God's creation. People using God's resources. To do everything in the world but give God praise. On his holy day. 
Oh, I remember those days, saints. Oh, I remember those days. Do you remember those days? Do you remember those days, congregation? Okay, you're being, if you can't remember those days when you were blind, maybe you remember the days when you were broke. Do you remember the days when you were broke? When you had no resources? Now you might say, well, preacher, I've, I've, truth be told, I've never actually been broke. I've had a little bit of money, always. There's always been something in my bank account, but saints of God, I'm not talking about what was in your wallet. I'm not talking about what was in your bank account. I'm not talking about your savings. I'm not talking about what you had in your pocket, but rather I'm talking about what you had in your heart. Hypothetically speaking, let's say we were in our sinful state and and you were given an opportunity to stand before God. And God tells you, child, what can you give to me? You pull out your wallet and after that fly flies out like it always does. You look through your wallet and, and what do you see? What do you see? Chains of God. I can tell you what was in my wallet. Sexual immorality. Impurity. Passion, evil desire, greed, idolatry, disobedience, lawlessness, anger, wrath, malice, slander, hatred for God. That was in my bank account. That was in my wallet. Oh, I was rich indeed, congregation. No, I was rich. I was rich. I was rich in sinfulness. I was wealthy for sure. I was wealthy in wickedness. But this, saints of God, ain't the type of wealth that we brag about. We don't reminisce on the sins that we used to commit and say, man, I remember with a smile on your face. No, this is not the type of wealth that lands you on Forbes top 100. No, this is the type of wealth that lands you in hell. Oh, we were broke, church. Oh, we were broke. Broke as could be. But I'm here to tell you some good news today, congregation. That this good news is so good that it predates me and it will outlive me. And that good news, saints, is for by grace. You have been saved. Let me make it plainer for you. You once were blind, but now you see. You once were broke, but now you got some riches. Your vision was once absent, but now you see clearly. Once you used to beg for worldly pleasures, but now you hunger for righteousness. I don't know about you, church, but I'm not ashamed to say that I once was blind and broke. I'm not ashamed to say that I once was in need because now in Christ I am rich. Now in Christ I'm full. And so here we have Bartimaeus. We have Bartimaeus. Can you see him, church? Can you see him? Can, can, can you see him sitting on the side of the road? Can you see him blind, broke, and, and begging for money? I'm sure Bartimaeus, he woke up that morning and 
And he said, today's is just going to be another day. Let me just get to my usual corner and, and I hope that I would get something from someone some this day. Today is going to be like all the other days. But, but, but what Bartimaeus didn't know is that on that day, Jesus was in town. You see, Bartimaeus went to sleep that night thinking that tomorrow is going to be like yesterday. And tomorrow is going to be like the day after. But what Bartimaeus didn't know is that Jesus was passing through. Verse 47, and when he heard that it was Jesus the Nazarene. Oh, saints of God, you didn't catch it. But this is a but God type of verse. I know I don't say but God, but this is a but God moment. Because what we have described for us in verse 46 is hopelessness, helplessness, despair. But as we come to verse 47, when Bartimaeus heard the name Jesus, you know, church, Jesus still is the sweetest name we know. Jesus still is a name that makes demons shudder. Can you see him, congregation? Can you see Bartimaeus? He, he hears the crowd coming and he hears the footsteps on the dusty road. And can you picture him asking? You know, he's blind. He's asking all of those that are around him. What is all that noise? What, what, what is all this coming from? Who, who is it? And, and his partner's saying, Bartimaeus, wait a minute. Wait here. Let me go and see who's coming. Wait, Bartimaeus. He comes back and he says, it's Jesus from Nazareth. He comes back and he tells Bartimaeus, Bartimaeus, Jesus of Nazareth is in town. You know, Bartimaeus can't see. But saints, can you picture what's going on in his head when he hears that Jesus is in town? Put, I mean, put yourself, congregation, if you were blind, that Jesus the Christ is in close proximity to him. I can picture him asking those around him, now, are you sure it's Jesus? Not Jesus from up the block, but, but Jesus who everyone is talking about. Are you sure that it's Jesus, the one who I heard casts out demons by his own power? That Jesus? Are we talking about the same one who healed the official's son at Capernaum? Are we talking about the one who healed the man with leprosy, who raised the widow's son, Jars' daughter, and in just last week, he raised Lazarus from the dead. Are we talking about that Jesus who heals? Is that the Jesus we're talking about? And saints, what does he do next? Well, what would you do? What would you do if you were blind, broke, helpless, in need? He cries out, Jesus, son of David, 
have mercy on me. The amen part, though, is not have mercy on me, though. That's not what we say amen. It's not what he says first, last. It's what he says first. He says, Jesus, son of David. Oh, notice, he doesn't say Jesus of Nazareth. Have mercy on me. He doesn't say Jesus of Bethlehem. He don't call Jesus by a street name. He doesn't say Jesus, son of Joseph, the boy of Mary. No, 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 no. He says Jesus, son of David. Let me break it down for you, church. In other words, Bartimaeus is saying, I know what they call you. But I know where you're from. I may be blind. But I can see clearly than everyone else. They say nothing good could come out of Nazareth. But you really ain't from Nazareth. You actually are from the bosom of the Heavenly Father. I know where you're really from. Essentially, church, Bartimaeus is saying, I know where you're from. And I need mercy. Because a mere man can't give it to me. You see, doctors who tried to fix me were mere men. The medicine that they tried to heal me with was made by mere men. All the things that mere men tried to tell me to help me cope with my blindness never got me over the hump. So Jesus, I don't need a mere man. I need Jesus, the son of David. I need God in the flesh to heal me. I need the one who walked on water as if it was dry ground. I need the one who calmed the storm, who fed 5,000 with five loaves and two fish. I need the one who said that he would open the eyes of the blind. I need the son of David and Jesus. I've been blind for quite some time. I need you. I need you. I don't need a mere man. I need God in the flesh. I don't need a man full of grace and truth. I need that man who's hypostatically united to the eternal word, the son of God. I need that one who is truly God and truly man. I need God in the flesh. And can you see yourself in Bartimaeus church? Can you see yourself? Money couldn't heal you. Relationships couldn't do it. Cars couldn't do it. Various vices couldn't bring you everlasting peace. Oh, you searched. You sir searched. I searched. I looked hard, wide, and deep. But I would always come up short from my ultimate joy. Oh, but saints of God. When you heard about Jesus Christ, when Jesus Christ touched you, your life has never been the same. Never been the same. Buddha couldn't do it. Muhammad couldn't do it. Joseph Smith couldn't do it. Charles Taze Russell couldn't do it. Ellen G. White couldn't do it. Only God in the flesh, Jesus Christ, could do it. You sit and here's a testament today that only Christ could do it. 
Only Christ could do it. And as this blind man is crying out, notice what the people next to him say next. Verse 48, and they were sternly telling him to be quiet. To be quiet. I was was reading this verse, congregation. I said to myself, don't take it disrespectful because I'm just as reformed as anyone in the church. But there might have been some reformed people in the crowd. There might have been some reformed folk in the crowd. Reformed folk telling, shh, be quiet. You're too loud. You're making too much noise. Jesus is around. You need to calm down a little bit. You know those reformed folk saints? I'm reformed. We can talk about ourselves. You know those reformed folk? Those reformed people who act like they once weren't blind and broke when they sit in church? You know those reformed folk who forgot how to say amen when the preacher says things to say that cause you to say it? You know those reformed folk, saints of God? Who have all this knowledge, but can't seem to walk it and live it out practically. Let me tell you, church, don't let your theology stop you from saying amen. Amen. Don't let your theology, don't let your titles, don't let your labels, don't let any of those things stop you from clapping your hands. Don't let it stop you from singing loudly to the Lord. When you see these young children singing loudly to the Lord, don't smile and chuckle at them. Join in with them. We have hymns that are beautiful. Don't just sit there because the melody is not what you like and the words are too hard. You better sing and act like you used to be blind and now you can see. Come to church like you know who saved you. Listen to the word of God. As someone who once used to scoff at the word of God. As someone who used to turn their heads when the preacher is preaching Jesus Christ. Because you know, congregation, just as Jesus was in Jericho that day, Jesus is in this house. You do know that, right? You know that Jesus is here. That Jesus is with us. And don't let anyone tell you to hush in church. Now, of course, being everything's orderly. But saints of God, what that means is be Christians who know who touched him. Be, be Christians who know what they used to be and who they are now. Just as don't let no one hush you in church, saints of God, don't let anyone in the world tell you to be quiet. Don't let no one in the world tell you to be quiet. Can't you see a picture of the world in verse 48? Hush. You said Jesus too loud. That's too loud. The world that tries to quiet us. 
the world that tries to tell us not to be so loud. Your family members and friends tell you to stop with all that Jesus talk. But church, if you learned anything from Pastor Antonio in the book of Revelation, is that the church will be unapologetically loud for Jesus Christ. And not because we're trying to be rude, and not because we're trying to cause chaos, but because I was on my way to hell. And Jesus snatched me while I was on the road. Saints of God, I was low. I was sinking. But the great master of the ship pulled me on the boat. Oh, saints of God, when we think about Jesus Christ, when we think about what he has done for us, if you just think long and hard enough, you don't even need to read the Bible. Don't you weep? Don't, don't you shake your head and say, Lord, why me? Why have you done all the things for me that I would never do for myself? When you begin to think of all the reasons why he shouldn't love you like he does, why he gives you mercy the way that he does. Saints of God, if the world only knew what Jesus Christ has done for me, if my family members and friends only knew what Christ has done for me. Oh, saints of God. Question that verse 48 leaves us with. Is that will Jesus hear Bartimaeus? That's the question that verse 48 leaves us with. Will, G, will, the, will Jesus even hear this blind man passing through, as he's passing through? Remember, there's a large crowd following Jesus. Large crowd. And in the midst of all the footsteps surrounding Jesus, in the midst of all the chatter that was in Jesus' ear, there is one voice. That makes him stop his tracks. There is one voice that grabs his attention. Verse 49. Beautiful verse. And Jesus stopped. And Jesus stopped. Oh, church, you probably didn't catch the weight of this this one little verse. You you probably didn't catch it, but, but let me help you. Jesus isn't passing through Jericho to get to McDonald's. He's not passing through Jericho to get to Starbucks. He's passing through Jericho to get to Jerusalem. Let me make it plainer for you. He's passing through Jericho because he got a cross to hang on. He's passing through Jericho because there's some fists that need to strike him. He's passing through Jericho because there's a crown of thorns awaiting to be placed on his head. There's a spear awaiting, and that's being sharpened to pierce his side. There's some nails waiting for him. There's something waiting for him. When I'm at the gym, I don't like to stop and chat with anyone. I just want to do what I'm there to do. When I'm driving out of town, And my wife hates me for it. I don't like stopping midway to get food. Stopping way, way to get a stop. I just want to get to our destination. But church, I'm so glad that we have a Savior that makes unlikely stops. 
I'm so glad that we have a Redeemer who makes unusual stops. When my sin used to tell me Jesus wouldn't stop for someone as dirty as you and make you clean, Jesus made an unlikely stop. When Satan told me you are never be good enough to stand in God's presence, Jesus made an unlikely stop. And this, saints, isn't just true for me. Don't sit there so high-headed. It's true of you. It's true of you because you wouldn't save you. You wouldn't stop for you. But Jesus stopped for us. And as we consider, saints of God, the last remaining verses, verse 49 to 51, and Jesus stopped and said, call him here. So they called the man who was blind, saying to him, Take courage. Stand up. He is calling for you. Isn't that interesting? (laughs) The same ones who were telling the man, be quiet, are now saying, get up, get up. He's calling you. And throwing off his cloak. Oh, I wish I could just do a sermon just on that. He jumped up and said to Jesus and came to Jesus and replying to him, Jesus said, now, what do you want me to do for you? And the man who was blind said to him, Rabbi, I want to regain my sight. Here we have Bartimaeus. Boys, here we have Bartimaeus. And he has what he's been waiting for. The person that everyone has been talking about is right in front of him. And so Jesus asks him a most interesting question, as if he didn't know already. What do you want me to do for you? And Bartimaeus, can you see him? He says, I want to see the sky blue again. He says, I want to see the stars at night once more. He says, I I don't just want to taste water, but I want to see its clarity again. Teacher, I just want to regain my sight. And what Mark's gospel doesn't tell us, Matthew's gospel does. Matthew says Jesus was moved with compassion. Hmm. I want to regain my sight. And inside Jesus, something was going on. The one in just four or five chapters will cry out to the Father for compassion. He stops and has compassion on one. Hmm. He knows he's going to die. And yet he still shows compassion for sinners rather than for himself. Bartimaeus knew that Jesus was powerful enough to heal him. But the question that Bartimaeus must have in his mind is, I know you're powerful, but but are you compassionate enough? I heard you do it to others. But would he do it to me? I know you've healed everyone from leprosy to blindness to being dead, but 
But would you heal me? You see, you can have power to save, but you might not have the compassion to save. And you might have compassion to heal, but you might not have the power to heal. But I got some good news for you, church. We have a Savior who has both. Amen. We have a Savior who has both. We have a Savior who doesn't just have unlimited power, but we have a Savior who has the compassion to match his power. Meaning, church, we got a Savior who not only puts his arms around us in compassion, but he picks us up with his power. We have a Savior who doesn't just sympathize with our weaknesses, but when we are weak, he makes us strong. So here we have Jesus. Moved with compassion at this blind man, Bartimaeus. A society, a man who society has casted out. But if I was preaching to Bartimaeus and he was sitting right there blind, begging and all that, I would tell Bartimaeus, Bartimaeus, but be of good cheer this morning. Because although society has casted you out, the one that everyone talks about, the one that you hope you would meet one day, is the same one who said, everything that the Father gives me will come to me. And the one who comes to me, I will certainly not cast out. Verse 52, when Jesus said to him, go, your faith has made you well. And immediately, he regained his sight and began to follow Jesus. Amen. Beautiful story, is it not? Beautiful story, is it not? Jesus gives Bartimaeus what he wanted, while at the same time giving him what he needed. Yes, Jesus restored Bartimaeus' eyesight, but he also, in the process, cleansed his soul. I love the way the old King James puts it. It says, it says, it says, go thy way. Thy faith has made thee whole. Thy faith has made thee whole. Barmaeus, saints of God, is us. Your story is Bartimaeus' story. And Bartimaeus' story is your story. Are you whole today, congregation? Is your soul well today, saints of God? Can you say like Bartimaeus when you meet him, you know, Bartimaeus, I didn't meet Jesus in Jericho, but I did meet Jesus in Bakersfield. I did meet Jesus in Los Angeles. I did meet Jesus one day. And although he healed your physical sight and spiritual sight, we got some in common. Because he healed my soul as well. And he touched me as well. And just as you followed him that day, I've been following him all the days of my life. Saints of God, let me end my sermon by giving you some encouragement. That everything that you dreamed about as a kid might not ever come. But be of good cheer this morning. Because your soul is well. Because your soul is well. Saints of God, your bones might hurt. You might go to the doctor more times than you want to. And your body might be turning on you. But can you say today that everything 
in me is going to be all right. You might not have that big house you wished for, but be of good cheer because you got a heaven to call your home. You may not have landed your dream job or you may not have no job, but saints of God, be of good cheer because you work for the master of the whole universe. You may be single. You may be a widow, but be of good cheer because you got a husband who will never leave you nor forsake you. You may be living from paycheck to paycheck and you may not have no money, but saints of God, be of good cheer. For your treasure, Jesus Christ, is worth more than all the gold in the world. You may not ever get to see the Eiffel Tower in France. You may never get to see the Colosseum in Rome. You may never get to see the Empire State Building in New York. But saints of God, be of good cheer. Because you've got a blessed vision awaiting you. Be of good cheer, congregation, today. And for all eternity, for once you were blind, but now you see. Once you were broke, but now in Jesus you are rich. You once were a beggar, but now God keeps you full. You used to sit on the side of the road, but praise be to God, you sit next to Jesus Christ. Saints of God, I pray. I pray that the Lord will strengthen you, but also restore the joy of your salvation. Let's pray.